often, I think, um, well, I think people think of church as this place that you go um, that leads you to a specific destination. The place that is like a portal almost to the promised land or the kingdom of God. And perhaps that experience is true in some communities. It's facilitated to feel that way, but it, it hasn't felt that way for us, I think. And while I do think that first way um, can feel compelling, like it might make more sense that you're working towards some grand um, goal, I think it means that you miss a lot of stuff in the present moment. And I think that we as a community have resembled more, um, as, as we have talked, uh, a caravan um, over the last few years. And perhaps you are like me um, when I was in high school and my teacher called his classes for a reason I can't remember, a caravan. And your only context for that word was your mom's 1992 Dodge caravan that had to have the heat on full blast at all times, even in the worst days of summer, because it would overheat and you'd have to pull over and wait for it to cool down so that you could keep going. Um, and, and, and had no idea what a caravan could mean outside of that, but that's not the type of caravan that I'm talking about. Although maybe sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> I'm not specifically talking about that. Uh, we're talking about a group of people that are on a journey together. Like the caravans of folks that traveled throughout history on foot, maybe even still on foot together, or perhaps going on a trip together. Perhaps that group has a destination in mind, but the focus is more on the experience of the journey for whatever reason. On those journeys, we joyfully welcome people we meet along the way that choose to journey with us. We may also bless and grieve those that choose to go a different path. We pay attention to whatever keeps us stuck in one spot for longer than we had planned. We find ways to go around it or through obstacles. And we continue to learn and build our relationships with those that remain a part of our party. When I think of caravanning with a group of people, I imagine it could go several different ways and some could be truly terrible. The group is made up of people that you don't trust or know well enough to feel cared, by, cared for by or care for them as well if there's no love for each other. Imagine being stuck with the same group of people for weeks, maybe even months, and they're maybe the most annoying people in the entire world. <laughs> maybe that's when it feels like my mom's overheating Dodge Caravan. It's pretty awful. But then think of the flip side. Imagine what it might be like to be a part of a family where trust is established in love and care is the foundation of the party that's on the journey. Maybe it's challenging to imagine that type of caravan. In the fall, we went through this entire series where we worked to become unsettled. 
we walked through the reflections on scripture from marginalized voices. We attempted to shake the colonial foundations that we all stand on and that the church has been built on. And it's, it was hard work. It remains hard work and we are not done with it. We will never be done with it, probably. This is work that will always be ours to do as we continue to learn the ways that colonialism has impacted the way that we operate, not just as a church, but in our everyday lives. So I expect that we will revisit it, not just as a church, but on our own as well. And it feels like we're now as a community in a, a season where we might be getting to resettle some things. And I think maybe it's because things like this go in cycles. We unlearn so that we can relearn. We deconstruct so that we can reconstruct. And it might feel like a roller coaster, but hopefully eventually we figure out how to teach it right the first time and we do better in the future. And it felt like at some points in that unsettling series, we were living this illustration I use with my patients often that I think I've used um, and shared before that healing from trauma is like treating an infection. That sometimes to get it out, you have to first make a cut and it's painful. And then it's work to re-narrate that experience. And I think that series for our community was kind of like the first cut. And perhaps we're ready to do some re-narrating some of that healing work now. And to do that work at all, let alone do it well, to complete any cycle of healing, um, therapist and author of My Grandmother's Hands, Resma Manikin, says that our human bodies, our bodies need to be in harmony. He says our bodies need to be settled individually, then work to be settled with one another. But in a world that is increasingly like a Dodge caravan that overheats all the time, it may be hard to imagine what that would feel like. It may feel like an impossibility. Sorry, I have to pause because I see a new puppy on the screen. Oh my <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hello, Jackson puppy. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Manicum talks about um, settling our bodies, that the, the, the path toward healing starts with settling our bodies. Um, and it, it may feel initially like we're a part of that crazy caravan, but that eventually, hopefully we work towards uh, an operational caravan that can journey together um, in harmony. Let's go ahead and read um, Acts chapter four, verses 23 through 35, if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app. And I'll be reading from the NRSV version, if that's helpful for you, but you're welcome to read whatever version you like. Um, and we'll start in verse 23. After they, and, and they is Peter and John, were released, 
they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. It is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in the city, in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. So in this story in Acts, we see that Peter and John and a group of their companions come together after Peter and John have been arrested um, and then released from that arrest. They've been arrested for sharing publicly about Jesus and the resurrection Um, And this is also a really confusing time, an incredibly anxiety-inducing time, although for different reasons than um, we might think of now. But as a group of people, they're aware of this disconnect between um, the the community, the people that are are in the community about why in the world they would be um, arrested for sharing about the resurrection. So they call out to God in prayer. And in response, they're shaken. They're unsettled. But then they're filled with the Holy Spirit and able to speak the word of God with boldness. They're able to tell about Jesus's resurrection and share this good news with everyone. But not only that, we see that they are also able to start living in this incredible harmony that they were of one heart and one soul it says and to me honestly that feels like more of a testament to the holy spirit than the ability to go out and talk about jesus to be able to see this example of people um living in such a way that everyone is taken care of um and is not in any need or want. And just as we might not be able to imagine anyone doing that now, it 
certainly wasn't normal behavior for the people of that day either. It seems it was the boldness of the Holy Spirit that sustained them, allowed them to live settled and in harmony with each other, to work towards harmony within their community. And after crying out to God, they were gifted with the, help, the Holy Spirit to do so. In this series, as we are working towards the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit is gifted to us, we're going to be looking a little at how we can become more attuned to the Spirit. We know that we as a community, not just the people on this screen now, but um, all the people that we are connected to. Sorry, I just lost my place. <laughs> are caravanning, <laughs> that we are on a journey and we're going to try and pay attention to the present moment, the way the spirit's presence is acting with us now as we move. And how what might we begin to heal from the ways that we have lived outside of harmony in the past so often as we learned last fall due to colonialism and white body supremacy. In this text, we see Peter and his, Peter, John, and their companions cry out in a verbal prayer. And perhaps that is one way many of us are able to become settled in the spirit. And maybe there are other ways too. We've looked at different ways of prayer before as a community. Um, and so maybe those are things that you'd like to revisit individually or in your groups. Um, but maybe you're also aware of things that you've done or you're, um, you've been introduced to that have helped you feel more settled and are thinking, hmm, maybe that was the spirit in that moment that um, was with me or with this group. And that might be something, a practice you'd like to explore as well. And so to just dive in as a community, we're going to practice one today. <laughs> I'd like to end in a practice that Manicum suggests in his book. And I have to admit that I was planning for us to be together in person when I was planning this. Um, and so it may not feel for me the way I'd hoped it would feel, but I, I think we're, we should still do it. Um, and so what I would like for everybody to do is not think of, um, I think one of the things that happens when we do practices like this, especially when we do them right after reading a a text in the Bible where they do a prayer, they do a practice and immediately they're met with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't want you to go into this practice thinking that if you don't feel a certain thing or a certain way that it's failed, just be present. Okay. So however you're sitting or wherever you're sitting, um, make sure that your body is comfortable. Perhaps that's feet on the floor. I don't like to make I don't like to make people move their bodies if they are already comfortable, but find a way that's comfortable for you to sit. Take a deep breath. And I'd like you to take one of your hands and you're going to either place it on your breastbone or your solar plexus or even on your belly. Um, somewhere in that area. And you're just going to rub that area. Just move your hand back and forth. And you can close your eyes or keep them open, but whether you're seeing everyone or not, 
take a moment to recognize that you are doing this on your own and also with our family. Take a deep breath in that moves your belly. And breathe out. Now keep your hands still and just apply pressure wherever it landed. Loving God, we invite you in your spirit to be with us today and in the days to come when things are hard and also easy. We are grateful for the love that you wrap around us in every moment. We pray that that love keeps us settled and grounded in the now so that we may help others to feel it wherever we are, whenever we are. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you.